My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical liberal cuber. It's been a while, been a minute, as I believe the kids say, and I believe, as I have said at the top of an episode, now that I record them whenever I goddamn well please, rather than every single week, no matter what, except for that brief period where I didn't. All right, so, uh, yeah, what do I got for this episode? Uh, let's check the old email I sent to myself with all the media I have consumed, because that's primarily what we're going to go through. Item the first, Baldur's Gate 2 at Enhanced Edition. Wow. Baldur's Gate 2. Yes, a game I have played on and off. Oh, geez. When did the original come out? Uh, damn, I don't have that information open. Baldur's Gate 2 release date. Let's see if that's 2000 in the year 2000. That's a Conan O'Brien reference for you there. Yeah. So since the year 2000, which by my calculations means about 23 years, which <laughs> it's funny that <clears throat> thinking there's like full grown 23 year old adults, uh, out there. And I've played this video game longer than a 22 year old adult has been alive. That's something to think about. And does it make me feel old? I suppose just in terms of chronologically, it makes me feel old, but it doesn't like bother me. <clears throat> if anything, I just find it sort of interesting that that's, you know, situation exists. Hmm. All right. So that's nice, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, I've been playing uh, Baldur's Gate 2, uh, the Enhanced Edition, which came out in 2013. So even that's pretty old. <laughs> uh, 10 years, if my calculations, again, are, are correct. Uh, I've been playing it for a long play. Uh, so uh, if you're unfamiliar with what a long play is, it's where someone plays a video game for a long time and records it. Records their, their episodes, their sessions of play, and then probably put some on YouTube as I have done. You can go on over there to the library and long place. And, uh, so far I have a, a entire Skyrim series, uh, entire fallout, uh, three series. The final episode actually just dropped last week. We got cataclysm, dark days ahead. Uh, and then a bunch of like odds and ends as well, like uh, one offs and a smaller series and, and stuff like that. And, uh, somehow some way, seemingly, um, they are not hated. They uh, have not been driven from the platform, uh, and nearing, uh, just shy of 100 subscribers on the, uh, on the channel there. So, you know, that's, it, it's one of those things and it's the same with this podcast. Try not to pay attention to numbers, viewers, listeners, things of that nature. Uh, because you know, that's not going to make you happy chasing that you got to do these sorts of things, these sorts of internet-y creative-y type things because you enjoy doing them and not for the reasons that you want them to, you know, become super famous and whatever, make money. <clears throat> things of that nature. I, I mean, I suppose you could come in to this sort of thing from that angle, but are you going to be happy? I don't know. Maybe you will. Who am I to say? I'm not the arbiter of happiness. However, 
segue back, uh, I can say that the role-playing my way through this game has sort of really breathed, breathed? Is that a word? Hmm. Breathed uh, new life into this game. Um, this is definitely a game, uh, actually s like Skyrim and Fallout 3, and actually I've done Fallout New Vegas, that hasn't dropped yet. Um, games that I would, you know, every couple of years dust off and play. Uh, this, this very much falls into that category. This is probably one of the prime examples of that category since it's a pretty old game. <clears throat> so what that means is I would, you know, get the itch to revisit and then start it up and then play through, you know, the initial, in this case, dungeon, uh, and then maybe a little more and then sort of that would apparently scratch the itch and then I wouldn't play the game to completion. Um, so, <laughs> and, and this is not a unusual scenario. There's lots of people who, who sort of do it. It's sort of a famous or infamous way of playing uh, older video games. I feel like, so, you know, I, I, I am not original in that regards. However, this time. Uh, since I have been, uh, role-playing my way as the librarian, which is, a, a individual who travels through books from realm to realm, <clears throat> just sort of, uh, you know, he wants to take it easy. He wants to relax. However, he finds himself, for example, in a dungeon trapped, you know, as an example, Baldur's Gate, uh, he finds himself being carted to his execution in Skyrim. He's, he sort of wakes up. Uh, to that, you know, man, I just want to read a book. What the hell? Uh, so the fact that I've been using that as a way into this game has meant that I am nearing beating it. Uh, I probably got one episode left if I had to guess. Mm, yeah, probably. Uh, 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 and, and I, I've sort of played through the whole thing done, not every single side quest because you know, that would be probably hundreds of hours, uh, cause this is, this game is huge. Uh, but I've done a, a lot of them. Like I'm up to, Oh, you know what? I should have got a total here. Okay. Well, let me do this. Maybe I can kind of judge a little bit. So I am, uh, okay. So here, do this math in your head, <laughs> four hours, three hours, Four hours, 40 minutes. F Ooh, four hours, 44 minutes, 44 seconds. That's an interesting episode. Four hours, 18 minutes, four hours, 35 minutes, four hours, 34 minutes, four hours, 11 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> this is an embarrassing one. Seven hours, 14 minutes, three hours. I guess I was tired after that long one and six hours and 25 minutes. So if were you to add all those hours up, that's how long the series is so far. Uh, each of those numbers was an episode. Yeah, it was a, that's seven hour one. <laughs> well, <clears throat> the fact that I can play a, you know, 23 year old game, um, and get the level of enjoyment I have just because I'm playing it in a different way than I normally do. Uh, I, I think speaks volumes. Um, and I would recommend doing this yourself. 
Yeah, why not? If if you have a game that falls into the sort of scenario I mentioned of needing to scratch the itch every once in a while, play it from a different angle. See if you like it. And I hope you will. One fun thing I did too was I took two, well, three at one point, but two for most of the game, um, of the characters, the companions I had in uh, my Skyrim long play and sort of uh, created them in Baldur's Gate uh, and made them members of my party. So that was kind of a, a fun little nod, a fun little way to, you know, combine and uh, uh, intertwine all these long plays, which is uh, sort of how I want to do it. The game itself, uh, I decided not to play one for a long play. I mean, I'm not saying I'll never do that. It's just uh, I remember two... Uh, uh, they, the, 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 the improvements, even just quality of life improvements from one to two is quite large. And, you know, I figured, uh, I'd want to do it that way. And I'm uh, glad I did rating wise, easy five out of five, probably six out of five. Um, just in terms of this type of game, this is maybe the best example I feel like. So, uh, Baldur's Gate three, Whew, man, it's, uh, this year. I forget which month, but it's coming out this year. I, I, I can't wait for that. It'll definitely appear on the podcast. And I have at least a tentative game plan to uh, do a long play series of that as well. Cause uh, I feel like it probably work as long as, <clears throat> and I think I looked into it uh, as long as you're a silent protagonist in the game, I kind of need that to make these work a little bit, a little bit. All right, moving on from games to, oh yeah, a podcast. Hmm, because we had a new episode, which we haven't for about a year, actually, I just see here. Uh, this is Hey, We're Back with Jonathan Katz, host, who you may know from uh, Dr. Katz, <clears throat> a sort of prolific uh, uh, comedy uh, writer, performer, uh, overall, just one of the quickest, funniest wits that has ever existed. Yeah. Let's just throw that blanket statement out. <clears throat> Excuse me. I feel like I, I drank this morning too much coffee. I do. Um, what happened was I, uh, I do like cold brew. Uh, lately I've been getting Starbucks cold brew and, uh, it's concentrated so normally, you know, you mix it with uh, water, which, you know, I, I always do. But, uh, uh, this time it was like one of those situations where, uh, there's just a little bit left in the bottle. Um, not enough to make a full drink. So why don't I just pour it into this drink? Uh, which means <laughs> it was bigger than it normally was. So now I'm like wired and not feeling great from the amount of caffeine that I've had. Mm-hmm. However, hey, we're back, <laughs> featuring guest Sarah Silverman. Um, some uh, talk with the uh, the late and equally great Gary Shandling, Andy Kindler, the comedian's comedian, Andy Kindler, spoken of very highly on this very podcast many, many times. Um, so uh, please check out uh, episode 54 of Hey, You're Back with Jonathan Katz. And if you like that, which I'm sure you will, because it was great, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> go back and listen to the other, uh, 
you know, 53 episodes. One, you know, I'm not a big bragger per se, but uh, let me throw one brag out in that Jonathan Katz follows me on Twitter. Hey, that's pretty cool. So does Andy Kinder, Andy Kindler as well. I, I do believe, I do believe pretty, pretty, pretty good and hilarious. So, you know, my recommendation. Okay. Now we're going into movies. Now let me preface this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 Baker's dozen of movies. We're about to talk about, uh, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the Baker's dozen, which if you are unfamiliar is 13 for some reason. Uh, seven of these movies were from my birthday movie marathon. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I did it last year or the year before, but it's something that I think I'm going to do again, unless I can think of something better to do, which is when my birthday rolls around, hit the big four, two this year, meaning of life answer to the meaning of questions of the questions of the meaning of life, whatever the saying is, uh, is just, you know, uh, treat yourself to a day of, you know, uh, you get some uh, good food, uh, get a, a selection, a pre-planned and well thought out selection of movies and, uh, sit down and just have a day of it. Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy your day. Um, one thing I do as well is, which I don't know if I'll do again, cause that doesn't, this part doesn't seem to work out again is, <clears throat> you know, say to friends, uh, here's the movies I'm going to watch this day. Here's the times in which I'm going to watch these movies. Like all sort of basically in an Excel spreadsheet, sort of how I made it. Obviously. I don't know why I say obviously, but obviously, um, if you care to join me, you're more than welcome to do so. I would be happy to watch any of or all of these movies with you, uh, didn't get much in the way of that actually happening, which is always disappointing. I was sad. Uh, <laughs> all the movies were watched that I can confirm Were they watched with other people. Not really. <laughs> well, the missus came, uh, <laughs> the missus came for a few, uh, two, one and a half and did have one friend pop in for a bit. So with uh with the grandkids which are his kids who called me grandpa uh-huh i love it spoken of that before i do believe okay so let's move into movies um why don't i start no, why don't i end with the marathon yeah yeah okay so let me just move this here okay so these these uh these are uh, these <laughs> oh boy it's that coffee I think it is maybe, uh, these movies were not part of the marathon. I'll, I'll tell you when we hit the marathon movies, uh, movie, the first Morbius. Yeah. Decided to finally do that from 2022 biochemist. Michael Morbius tries to cure himself of the rare blood disease, but he inadvertently infects himself with a form of vampirism instead. Yeah. It's not very good. Was it? People were right when they said it's not very good. I can verify Matt Smith was good. There was moments that I enjoyed. Yeah. Like, uh, of any movie just about, unless I turn it off. Yeah. Like I'd, I, I'd go definitely some, would I go overall three, 
Three, if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. I would go less than three. Yeah, less than three. With maybe some fun four moments. Mm hmm. <laughs> what is, and I Googled it, and there's not a satisfactory answer. What's with all the like smoke? why is the smoke come off of him? Is that representing something? Do other people see it? Is that just for us, the, the viewers what's going on with that? Could not find a satisfactory answer, uh, in the movie online anywhere. So I want to talk to someone about that. Apparently Jared Leto doing a lot of, uh, method acting as well. Uh, so I've, uh, heard in my in my travels, my internet travels, trying to find answers to <laughs> what the fuck is going on in this movie. Uh, so, you know, let's, uh, uh, yeah, what that takes, I don't know if it takes a full mark off to learn that, to learn, you know, he did that. And when anyone does that, it always feels like, and I don't think this is a universally the case. But it always feels like when people are, you know, doing method acting, uh, it, it feels like an excuse to be an asshole. <laughs> so, uh, one thing, because my, my, my knowledge of Morbius is all from the, the Spider-Man animated series, which uh, I was really expecting him to suck blood through his hands like in that is, is what is that from why did they get rid of that i i thought that would have been interesting the little hand mouths the tiny morbius hand mouths i was looking forward to doesn't exist doesn't exist for shame uh yeah okay so let's move on from morbius she's I, I feel like they did set it up at the end for a morbius too didn't they yeah yeah all right, moving on to from 2023, you people. Oh yeah. Uh, follows a new couple and their families who find themselves examining modern love and family dynamics amidst clashing cultures, societal expectations, and generational differences. Yeah, I suppose that's accurate. Uh, <clears throat> okay. So let me give one uh, bit of praise for this movie right off the bat. And it's I th what I thought it was going to be. And I went in with sort of low expectations is I thought Jonah Hill was going to be like a, um, I don't want to say racist, but an ignorant white person who finds himself in a situation where he falls in love with the black woman and tries to deal with, uh, uh, this woman's family. And because of his ignorance, ends up embarrassing himself in, you know, racist ways. Like that's what I thought the movie was going to be. And, and from the previews, that's sort of the impression I got a little bit. Uh, however, it actually was from a, a much different tack, which, uh, I appreciated. Uh, he is, uh, an ally. So, you know, not racist. <laughs> um, so the fact that, uh, he finds himself in love with a black woman whose family ends up not being the biggest fan of him is, uh, you know, he, 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 is it his fault? Kind of no. Like he comes in with a big open heart trying to be a, uh, uh, trying to be nice and, and trying to uh, get along with his family. And then not so much Eddie Murphy, not a big fan of him. 
needless to say. Eddie Murphy, yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, and then there's the other side of the coin as well, obviously, where uh, his family, yeah, uh, his, my God, okay, well, the fact that my mother never listens to this is going to be a good thing in this case because uh, Chewie Louis Dreyfus in this, uh, both the misses and I <laughs> sort of a couple of times looked at each other and like, Oh my God, that's my mother. Yeah. Uh, not racist from a place of hate, <laughs> but racist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you say about that? Like I've had this, uh, thought conversation. Uh, I don't know if we've had a conversation. Maybe we have a little bit, but you know, people of my parents and Emily's parents generation do things that are racist. They don't do it from a place of hate. They do it from a place of ignorance. Now there's been times where I have, and I'm more, I'm, you know, 10 times more likely to do it with my parents and her, her parents. Um, you know, had to say, okay, well, this is, this is why you don't do what you're doing. This is why you don't say what you're saying. Um, and sort of lay it out, explain why that is not a good thing. Um, and sometimes it doesn't go well, but I'm also not going to just let shit like that set. But then for example, uh, uh the missus's parents are like probably I think they're like almost 20 years older than my parents. Like I have young parents and she has old parents. Uh, so, uh, like I'm not going to do the same to them. They're, you know, like 80 years old, let's say. So you don't really, I don't know. Like where's the line of, of saying shit and especially to the in-laws as well. Mm. What do you do? What do you do? And you know what? And, and that's why, I enjoy a movie like this because it makes you question those sorts of things. I like to think of myself as an ally and someone who doesn't, you know, let racism just stand and will, you know, say something. So, you know, there you go. You people <laughs> didn't really talk about the movie much. Uh, yeah, it's sort of a rom-com, um, uh, did I like it enough rating wise? I think I'd go four out of five. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I did enjoy it and I did enjoy seeing the sort of, uh, uh, interactions and, 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 and recognizing things that I've seen in real life portrayed on the screen. Hey, how about that? Moving on from 2022 Lou that rhymes. I think 2022 Lou. A little bit. A storm rages, period. Oh, wow. Whoever wrote this really sunk their teeth into it, I feel like. A storm rages. A young girl is kidnapped. Her mother teams up with the mysterious woman next door to pursue the kidnapper. A journey that tests their limits and exposes shocking secrets from their pasts. Huh. Yeah. <clears throat> accurate i suppose uh this is starring <clears throat> in a role that i've never seen her in a role like this allison janney yeah i'm a big uh i'm a big janney head uh her in probably her in parks and rec is my favorite of her roles and on that note 
<clears throat> normally she is doing roles of the comedic variety. I haven't seen her much in drama, let alone as a friggin' action star, which she is in this. Yeah. Just a total badass. Uh, and it was amazing to see, uh, also because I feel like, uh, we don't get, uh, like, can you think of an action movie where an older woman is the star? <laughs> I, I, does that exist? Is this the first time that has ever existed? Yeah. A, a sort of older woman, uh, uh, gray haired, literally, um, is the badass action star of this movie. And, uh, and I think that's, you know, I like it. I like it. Uh, not least of which, because, you know, representation and, and, and that sort of side of things, but also because I like movies that do things differently that you don't see in a million movies all the time. So yeah, congratulations, Lou. And also it's a good movie. Uh, rating wise, I'd probably go, you know what? I'd probably would go three to four with when you sort of learn some of the twists and turns, which I won't give away, uh, maybe some higher marks uh, in that regard. Yeah. Uh, there was some unexpected M night Shyamalan type twists. Let's say, I mean, does he have the morning, the, the morning, the market cornered? I, I, com I combined market and cornered to market. No, I didn't. <sighs> Thank God nobody listens to this. Otherwise I'd be very embarrassed. Um, <clears throat> uh, actually going to watch, I think tonight, uh, knock at the cabin, which that's M night show on, right? I watch that with the missus looking forward to it. It looked pretty good. Uh, Dave Batista. I'm looking forward to see what he's, he's got in store there. Uh, yeah, Lou, uh, good, uh, good action movie. Mm -hmm. I like it. Moving on to speaking of action movie, time to talk about the missus's favorite movie of all time. Her a number one, nothing even close to this from 1998 rush hour, rush hour. <clears throat> a loyal and dedicated Hong Kong inspector teams up with a reckless and loudmouth LAPD detective to rescue the Chinese consul's kidnapped daughter while trying to arrest a dangerous climb lord along the way. Mm-hmm. Starring none other than Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, the classic duo, which I think I, did I see a video the other day? So there's three Rush Hour movies, a video, I th feel like, like a, maybe last month or some time ago, I saw a picture of Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker and they were going to do a rush hour four, maybe. Hmm. Uh, yeah. If they did that, it would be popular. I feel like the, this is a popular series of movies and you know, you, you got some racism in there. The, 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 uh, late nineties racism, of course. Um, <laughs> do you understand the, <laughs> I, I got the IMDb open. And as I was saying that he was doing the, do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? You know, for example, for example, a Jackie Chan drops an end bomb at one point in a black bar. So <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I wonder, you know what I would love to do? And there's, you know, this is impossible. What would 
uh, and you know, this is, I feel like a good sign. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Gotta be a good sign. Um, of how things have changed and improved. Um, what would my reaction to Jackie Chan dropping the N bomb in 1998 when I saw this, what would my reaction then compared to my reaction, you know, like a week ago when we watched this, uh, the missus and I like, uh, <laughs> most recently it was, Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, but what was it in 1998? Probably wasn't, Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> So, you know, times and people can change, hopefully for the better. Um, yeah, it, it is funny. Uh, buddy cop movies, I, I guess we still get them from time to time. It is a genre, uh, that I very much enjoy. Like there's, a, I feel like a bad buddy cop movie is still usually pretty good. And this is a good one. So, you know, there you go. It did make me, and I think the missus and I said we were going to do this, uh, watch the other two. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to make a note of that. Um, I'm going to put rush hour two and three question mark. There you go. In my notes. Uh, all right. Moving back to movies. Oh, rating wise rush hour. It's not my top number one movie like it is The Misses, but I did enjoy it and have several times over the years. I'd go solid four. Yeah. Just plain old solid four. Moving on to from 2022 Black Panther colon Wakanda Forever. Ah, so we went from the bad superhero movie of Morbius to a good superhero movie of Wakanda Forever. Yay. Uh, I didn't enjoy it as much as the first one. You know what I think? And, I, and I did sort of try to pinpoint why that is. Um, uh, first of all, obviously, uh, uh the, the death of, uh, 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 you know, the main character that's rough, rough, uh, rough, sad. I feel like they handled it well. <sighs> You know what? I'm torn because, well, let me throw this out to anyone listening. If, if such a person exists and I mean, anyone listening, is there a person? I don't know. Um, what's a better way of handling it? The way they did in this movie, which I think is good or not doing another movie. Like what's better? Is there a perfect way to handle it in a movie? And is that perfect way better than not doing another movie? Like, should, should they have made this? I don't know. I, I, I sort of go back and forth. I, f I feel like if they are going to make it, which, you know, we live in a capitalist society where because it makes money, they're going to do it regardless of, well, anything. Um, I, I guess they did it well. <laughs> wow a ringing endorsement i did like uh, 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 uh here's the other thought i had one of my favorite things from the first movie was shuri was uh, uh, uh you know the princess shuri mm -hmm. so 
uh, I think I liked her because she was, you know, in this, in this crazy world, she's like happy, sort of bubbly, um, fun. It, it seemed like she was having fun. Whereas this, because she was the main character dealing with death, that lightness, that bubbliness, that fun that she seemed to be having in the first movie was much, much lessened. And I think maybe that's the reason I didn't like it as much as the first one, uh, because she was probably my favorite character from the first one. And here, uh, I sort of went into it thinking, oh yeah, my favorite character is now the main character. That's pretty cool. But then they had made her, I don't know, just not as fun. Like when I go into a superhero movie, I want fun. I don't want serious. Yeah. Uh, Angela Bassett. Amazing. Deserves awards. Um, <laughs> the interactions of Martin Freeman and Julie Louis Dreyfus. Fun. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o, which I think I might've actually said, right. Hmm. Uh, incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Everyone's, everyone's amazing in it. Yeah. To be honest, uh, including <coughs> Namor, the guy who played Namor, which <laughs> that was an, that's an interesting, I feel like an interesting choice of a, a, a villain. It was Namor. Yeah. Uh, oh, well it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. And, and the, you know, he, he's got wings on his ankles, so he's got wings on his ankles. Rating wise, I'd go three, which again, enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Um, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Moving on to, from 1987, a perfect movie, The Princess Bride. Mm -hmm. While homesick in bed, a young boy's grandfather reads him the story of a farm boy turned pirate who encounters numerous obstacles, enemies, and allies in his quest to be reunited with his true love. True love. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like there exists some just like perfect movies. This being one of them. Uh, Groundhog Day. Maybe Ghostbusters. I don't know. There's just some movies that are like, I would change nothing. <laughs> and stand the test of time and are just incredible pieces of art that can be watched under any circumstances with any people at all times. Yeah, basically. Uh, the Princess Bride definitely falling into that category, maybe being the prime example of that category. Whew. Whew. Probably getting, I don't know if I've seen it 10 times, but probably close to over the years, 87. So, you know, that's a lot of years that I could have watched it. I wonder when I saw this first, did I see it in 87? If I did, I would have been what, six years old. So maybe I wouldn't remember that. <laughs> Directed by Rob Reiner. Starring Carrie. Robin Wright. We got some Mandy Patinkin. Uh, Wallace Shawn, who had the pleasure of meeting. Uh, I'll, I'll just brief was Christopher guest. Okay. I was 99% sure that was Chris guest. Anyways, uh, Wallace Sean, it was at, uh, it's probably be fan expo or Toronto comic con. It was one of those and, uh, waiting in line to get his autograph. And, uh, the guy in front of me was, <laughs> I don't know if he was a professional or 
just you know a, a coincidence that uh, he was just, uh, I, I i don't know the scenario but he looked exactly like wallace sean and even did a wallace sean impression and to see them standing side by side i think i got a picture as well so Oh God, it would be so hard to find that picture. Uh, it, you know what? Not impossible. If you were to Google, uh, uh, nerd cane adventures and look through every single picture, you'd see a picture of Wallace Shawn and a person who looks identical to Wallace Shawn. Yeah. Good luck with that. Uh, inconceivable. You might say, you might say, uh, we got Andre the giant, uh, who, you know, despite being, well, I, I guess a giant and, uh, a, a, you know, professional wrestler just, I, did he steal the show? I wouldn't be alone in thinking the possibility exists that he stole the show in scenes he was in and not just because of his size, but because, you know, uh, lovable. Um, we got Peter Falk as the grandfather, terrific. Um, we've got, uh, Carol Kane and Billy Crystal in, uh, in a scene there. Just terrific, terrific, uh, easy five out of five, probably six out of five, to be honest, if you go for like a sort of perfect movie, um, potentially and probably, uh, one of the most beautiful love stories ever told. Mm-hmm. You got some fantasy. Yeah. Incredible incredible the princess bride uh it is also you know of list it's on for me is movies everyone should see it's definitely on the list the princess bride so if you haven't seen it please do so all right we are now headed into the movie marathon uh okay so i started with oh you know what i should have put the time oh i do have them okay so <clears throat> i'll give you the times as well <laughs> that i watched them uh, so my birthday, February 17th, this was on February 18th, which was a Saturday, uh, and started, well, what I did was I woke up at an ungodly hour as I am wont to do. Uh, and I did what they call in the biz, awake and bake, mm -hmm. uh, including the baking. No, I didn't actually bake. Uh, I made a big, uh, big breakfast. Yeah. You know, your bacon, your eggs, your hash browns, things of that nature. Um, started off my day with that. And then at 7 a.m., 7 o'clock in the morning, I watched from 1991, Hot Shots! Exclamation points. A parody of Top Gun in which a talented but unstable fighter pilot must overcome the ghost of his father, not literally, and save a mission sabotaged by a greedy weapons manufacturer. It's a spoof. I love a spoof. Um, also starring Carrie Ulls, well, starring Charlie Sheen, but featuring Carrie Ulls. So that's interesting. I suppose uh, unplanned, uh, excuse me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen hot shots, it's, you know, it's got some similarity. Well, it's a spoof. So it's, it's got some similarities with your scary movie franchises up to including uh, Charlie Sheen, I guess, uh, just in that with a spoof movie. And I think why I often love them, uh, airplane probably being, top of the list probably is they seem to have the highest JPMs J 
jokes per minute of any movie genre out there. It's like, it can't go 30 seconds without some sort of joke up to and including, uh, there is so many scenes where there's just shit happening in the background. That's funny. <laughs> like, uh, I can't think of an example, but it, it's like, they don't want to, even if it's a serious scene, I, I think probably particularly, oh yeah, I just saw one where it was the, uh, 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 Lloyd Bridges who does, I feel like steal the show hundred percent. He's the, he's an admiral. He's just sitting in his office giving like a little speech and there's, uh, uh, you know, army dudes in the background doing like the can can <laughs> just as an example. Uh, yeah. Lloyd Bridges, he definitely my favorite part of these movies, just the incredible level of insane stupidity, insanity and stupidity rolled together in the delightful package that is Lloyd Bridges, Lloyd Bridges. Uh, yeah, incredible, incredible, uh, his performance in these, um, do I go five out of five? It's not my favorite spoof. These hot shots, uh, spoiler for the last movie that I watch in this hot shots part. Duh. Actually, why don't I talk about them both? So hot shots part, duh, Rambo parody in which topper Harley. Oh yeah. It's Charlie Sheen's character leads a rescue team into Iraq to save Iraqi war prisoners and all of their previous rescue teams. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, the also Lloyd Bridges playing the president in this one. That's something. Um, wow. A lot of familiar faces in these too. If you go to the IMDb, Rowan Atkinson, yeah, he's in the second one. Uh, Valerie Golino in both as the sort of a love entrance, love interest. Oh yeah, that's one thing I wanted to see. So Richard Crenna plays, uh, oh, he was in Rambo. That's what I thought. It's funny. They got <laughs> the guy from uh, Rambo. You might not recognize the name necessarily, Richard Crenna. He's in Rambo and in this spoof of Rambo, he's playing basically the same character, which is pretty funny. Huh? Yeah. Good stuff. I feel like you don't see stuff like that anymore. We need more spoofs. Give me more spoofs, please. Uh, so hot shots and hot shots part, to, uh, I'm going to go four and change for both. Yeah. Not, not. Not fives, but they're both very good. And they were the bread of this movie marathon sandwich. Uh, all right. So let me just close that. Uh, moving on to from 1997 that I watched at 8.30 in the morning. Batman and Robin. Oh, Batman and Robin tried to keep their relationship together even as they must stop Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy from freezing Gotham City. I kind of wanted what I think might've been, and after watching, yeah, I think I'm, I still think it is. Uh, although I'd have to watch some other ones too, to be sure the worst Batman movie. <laughs> it's just, it's very, very bad. And you know what? I was a little disappointed. I will admit in that it was bad. Yes. Famously. So, and I thought it was going to be so bad that it's good, you know? The delightful, so bad, it's good movies. Some of my favorite movies, so bad, it's good movies. In fact, I think we, uh, have one coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, but for the most part, it was just bad, bad. 
Um, and I left a little disappointed. Uh, rating wise, uh, I'd probably go less than three, to be honest, which is was disappointing. It it'd been enough years that I guess I forgot um that it wasn't so bad it's good bad. Mm-hmm. Um so that's unfortunate. Unfortunate. You know, let's just move on from that. We don't need to talk about Batman and Robin. Do yourself a favor, probably don't watch that one. Well, you know what? If you're gonna watch all of them, don't skip it. Right? I'm a, I'm a completionist in that regard. Uh, all right. Moving on to from 1988, a movie that I watched at the hour of 11 AM. Um, and this is one I threw on the list for if any of my friends wanted to bring their kids over, uh, you know, a lot of these movies, uh, probably not ones in which the kids are going to enjoy nor should watch. However, I figure it would be nice to have a block a block of time, which is actually when my, uh, uh, buddy brought his, uh, brought the grandkids over, uh, was, oh no. Well, I guess he didn't. Uh, well, whatever. Uh, my neighbor Totoro from 1988, a studio Ghibli or Ghibli, uh, a film. When two girls move to the country to be near their ailing mother, they have adventures with the wondrous forest spirits who live nearby. A lot of, uh, spirits in Japan. You ever notice that? I mean, I'm mostly going by anime films, <laughs> but still, yeah, but still, uh, this is a movie I had seen, uh, although it'd probably been a lot of years. Um, but one that I knew, you know, uh, probably kids who hadn't seen anime which I, I don't know if my friend's kids, how much anime exposure they have had. It's interesting because I always, well, not always, but I <laughs> always would be weird, but I, but I have had the thought if I had kids, God forbid, uh, what, uh, what sort of movies would I, you know, uh, expose them to? And I feel like they would get a, uh, at the very least eclectic movie viewing experience I would aim for, you know, a li little of everything, uh, up to and including this, which, uh, you know, beautiful, just a beautiful in terms of story, in terms of visuals, in terms of audio, uh, you know, just, just, just a, a famously beautiful anime film that, uh, I would recommend, uh, especially if you have kids does get a little, which I didn't remember. A uh, little sad, what with the ailing mother and, you know, uh, if you have kids who are, hmm, well, I, I did have this thought, if you have kids that are dealing with a sick parent, would a movie like this help or hinder? Would they watch this and be like, oh no, is mom going to be okay? Or would they watch this and sort of picture themselves in this situation and it would help them, uh, deal with, deal with that sort of stuff. I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like the latter, uh, my neighbor Totoro and you know what studio, uh, Ghibli films in general. Why don't you check some out? If you've never seen any of them, you know, check some out, uh, Google it, pick one that sounds interesting to you and let me know what you think. Hey, audience participation, moving on to from 1989, a movie that I watched at the hour of 1245 PM. Oh, okay. UHF, 
Oh. An unemployed visionary becomes the manager of a local television station. The station becomes a success with all sorts of hilarious sight gags and wacky humor. Okay, well, that's not the greatest. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, while accurate, I don't know. <laughs> all sorts of sight gags and wacky humor. Yeah, not quite the same uh, level of writing as that other one. Anyways, are you familiar with UHF? My first television did have UHF. Uh-huh. It was an old TV. It was an old hand-me-down TV. But still, yeah, but still. Um, it was... I, I don't even know how to explain UHF. <laughs> how do I explain UHF? Um, there was a setting on your TV. <laughs> God, I'm old. Uh, but in a fun way, I swear to God, uh, where you could set it to UHF, which would have some channels that were local, I guess is a way, uh, channels that could own that were accessed via antenna. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So we had, uh, this, th this TV had the ability to go back and forth between, you know, regular sort of cable and UHF, UHF channels usually were a little fuzzy <laughs> depending on your antenna i guess and it was uh it was local stuff because it was broadcast uh, broadcast you know via antenna via the airwaves um and it would have things like uh, uh public access for example which is what this uh, uh uhf is about starring none other than weird al yankovic specifically mm-hmm uh, we've got Victoria Jackson, Michael Richards, mm, a little problematic there. Kevin McCarthy as your bad guy. Kevin McCarthy as your bad guy. Are you kidding me? What else was he been in? Maybe not a name you'll recognize, but always a good bad guy. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Inner Space, UHF. Wait, how come he's in? Huh? He's in two different invasion of the body snatchers running man. Oh, in the 1978 one, is he like, so uh, he's in <laughs> invasion from 1956. He's in invasion of the body snatchers as Dr. Miles J. Bennell. And in 1978, he's in invasion of the body snatchers as running man. So was that just a, uh, like a small part in the second one, just sort of a nod to the first one, perhaps. <laughs> hmm. Uh, yeah. Wow. I haven't seen that in a long time. Oh, I, I you know what? I didn't even realize, I remember that, uh, Leonard Nimoy was in it. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. I should watch that again. It's a, it's a weird one. Invasion of the body snatchers. Anyways, we're here to talk about UHF, which, yeah, it is definitely spoofy as well. We've got some uh, Rambo spoofy, spoofiness. Oh, you know what's funny? If you are a longtime listener, if such a person exists, uh, this is where my former book banter, uh, uh, Conan the Librarian clip was from, from this movie. So there you go. Which uh, the missus, uh, <laughs> the missus actually came and watched this one, which was a little surprised um, that this is one of the ones she chose to, uh, join me for. She, she watched, uh, most of this with me and, uh, the next one with me. Mm-hmm. 
Anyways, uh, rating wise, oh yeah, Fran Drescher, David Provel. Oh, I got some Emo Phillips. Awesome. Uh, rating wise, four out of five for most of it. Some fun five out of five moments. And just insane. Got some, I don't know if this is a comparison that has been made before, but kind of feels like a little peewee's, uh, you know, peewee style adventure or I don't know. Is, is that a weird comparison? Maybe, but it is weird owl after all. Moving on to from 1988, a film I watched at the hour of two 30 PM. They live. Aha. Yeah. So this one and the next one are the two I was sort of most looking forward to. Um, uh, they influence our decision without us knowing it. They numb our senses without us feeling it. They control our lives without us realizing it. They live. <laughs> I added the laugh at the end. Uh, director John Carpenter starring none other than Roddy Piper. Was he rowdy? Sometimes. We got Keith David. Yes. Peter Jason. Mm-hmm. At all. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, if you haven't seen this, it has uh, maybe my favorite line in movie history, the uh, the line of, I am here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Um, I feel like... Oh yeah. Uh, I'm just going to give myself another note. Wasn't there new John Carpenter, John Carpenter movies new. Uh, yeah. John Carpenter, a uh, director, a movie creator who I feel like I've never seen a movie of his that I haven't thoroughly enjoyed this included it. <laughs> it does some incredible things. Um, including the fight, the fist fight between, uh, Roddy Piper and Keith David, um, that just goes on for a ridiculously long time. It is <laughs> like a comedically long time, a fight that a couple of times you think is going to be over. This fight can't go on any longer. And then it just keeps going. And I love it so much. Uh, probably if not the, you know, sort of maybe for that reason alone, one of the greatest the uh, fist fights in movie history, uh, gotta be <laughs> the, 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 they live fight. Um, yeah. So basically aliens or alternate dimension creatures have invaded and have been here for a long time, seemingly, uh, and have sort of use our species as slaves. Kind of, they live among us but they also control us and, uh, uh, Roddy Piper stumbles on this sort of fact, um, through, uh, finding the renegades hideouts, those who know of this, which is a uh, few and far between and who want to put a stop to it. Uh, one of the ways in which, uh, these renegades plan to do so is through the creation of magical, might as well be magic, scientifically created, 
um, glasses that allow us to see what these, uh, these creatures actually look like, which is pretty horrifying. Yeah. The, the, the makeup of these, I don't know. I feel like it goes back and forth between looking dumb and looking horrifying. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. It, well, you can sort of see on the, even if you go to the IMDB what they kind of look like. Yeah. Creepy. Right. But also kind of dumb. Um, and then all, all the sort of, uh, oh, what do they call it? Uh, what's the word for it? It's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to figure it out. And hearing someone try to think of a thing on a podcast is always fun, right? Subliminal messages. I got it. Oh my God. That felt good. Don't you love that feeling when you can't think of a thing? Usually for me, it's a, a name, a name of an actor or something like that. And when it hits you, that sort of that lightning bolt of uh, recognition feels so good. One of, one of life's greatest feelings. One of the reasons why I don't tend to look up things because I like to try to get it myself because the feeling is, uh, is good. Anyways, all the subliminal messages, uh, subliminal messages that these aliens have, you know, sort of permeated our existence with things like obey, consume, uh, 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 procreate, uh, just try to, uh, you know, get us in a spot where we're just sort of, eh, that's fine. Not caring. Uh, yeah. A space of not caring what's going on. Mm -hmm. Has that actually happened? That's just one of the sort of creepy things is, um, you'll see some of the stuff in this movie and be like, oh my God, <laughs> is that happening in real life? Uh, yeah, they live easy five out of five, uh, very underrated performance of uh, Roddy Piper. And I feel like, um, he's over the years gotten some recognition for how uh, great he is in this movie. So RIP Roddy Roddy Piper, uh, moving on to from 1990, a movie that I watched at the hour of four fifteen PM total recall. Hmm. The OG total recall. Toto, uh, when a man goes into a virtual vacation memories of the planet Mars implanted in his mind, an unexpected and harrowing series of events force him to go to the planet for real. Or is he, <laughs> oh my God, I love that they did that. Or is he, yeah, they did a dash and then, or is he, okay. You know what I'm curious about? Total recall. Let's see what the 2012 one says. It'd be funny if they just copy pasted the description, a factory worker. They didn't Douglas Quaid begins to suspect that he is a spy after visiting recall, a company that provides its clients with implanted fake memories of a life they would have liked. They w of a life they would like to have led. Sure. Dash. What? goes wrong and finds himself on the run. That doesn't. Okay. Well, whoever wrote this one is did a much worse job. Okay. Let me, let me uh, a factory worker, comma, Douglas Quaid, comma, begins to suspect that he's a spy after visiting recall dash a company that provides its clients with implanted fake memories of a life they would like to have led dash goes wrong. He finds himself on the wrong. Suspect is busy. 
I feel like that doesn't make sense. Suspect that he's a spy. Company goes wrong. Yeah, it's it, even if it is grammatically correct, which I kind of don't think it is, it doesn't make sense. Uh, it, it, it is awkward and cumbersome. Well, whereas, or is he? Mm-hmm. Starring, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sharon Stone. Ronnie Cox is your bad guy? That's that's another. I threw him on the list of great bad guys. Wait, is Michael Ironside, did he die? Is Michael Ironside alive? Am I as I'm born? Is he still alive? I thought when your picture was grayed out on IMDb, it meant you were dead. Well, I see a born date, born in 1950, but not a, hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. I'm happy to know Michael Ironside is still alive. Seemingly. Well, let me just see Michael. Cause his IMDB page looks a little different than other people's for some reason. I'm just going to Google him and said, okay, I guess he's alive. Cool. I wonder what he's up to, Michael Ironside. I hope he's happy. Uh, yeah, so classic, you know, 80s sci-fi. At its finest? Probably. Uh, even though it's 1990. Classic early 90s sci-fi at its finest. Arnold Schwarzenegger, action movie plus sci-fi easy five out of five if you haven't seen total recall there's a girl with three boobs in it need i say more no let's move on to the final oh wait no i already spoke of the final film yeah so uh final film was uh hot shots part two exclamation point part two which is two in french i know because i took french for many years and no virtually no french but I know my numbers. Un, deux, trois, quatre, cinq, sept, huit, neuf, dix. There you go. I can count to ten in French. Impressed? That don't impress me much, Shania Twain might say. Folks, we did it. That was an episode. I feel like it was a long one, too. Uh, well, I did have a shit ton of movies. Oh, yeah. <coughs> I feel like I haven't done a hour-long episode in a minute. But this is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, when will the next one be? No idea. No idea. Uh, but if you'd like to hear my dulcet tones, again, go on over to, uh, the librarian long plays on YouTube and, uh, watch me play video games, I guess. Role-playing my way through them as I do. Uh, subscribe. I, w one thing I will say on that note, when I do hit 100 subscribers, which, you know, seemingly at the pace I am going will happen at some point. Um, I did make like a cool little, uh, compilation video of, uh, well, I won't give it away, but go over there, subscribe, give me 200 and then I'll drop it. Hey, here you go. we did it. We did it. Which of course leaves the final thing to say, which is always the final thing to say, which is. It's nice to be nice to the nice. That was...